Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, we are back. The second part of our post fight coverage for UFC 261. This is the post fight show. Thank you for joining us. We want you to get involved as much as possible for a number of reasons. One, because we do this for you. And two, I like when you guys lead things and then we can talk about all the craziness. And this was a crazy night indeed. Uh, but welcome back. I am Mike Heck, and we got a whole crew here. Uh, we got Alex K. Lee back in our lives, the Prince of Positivity. Happy Close birthday, Alex. Alex. Happy birthday. We're going to – it's past it midnight. It's past midnight now. It is, it is, it's <laughs> not our birthday, but I wish it was because where's where's Diplo? Where's Diplo? Where's Saweetie? <laughs> Is that all you got? We got Jake Paul. <laughs> we got I, can na- I can name them all, but we only have to. We definitely got a lot of Jake Paul. Yeah, we got a lot. Of, we got way too much Jake Paul. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> like I said, in between the links, like, listen, he did great. He got us talking. We need like a three month break from Jake Paul before we start oh, talking about him again. I think Mike just told me off there. We're not going to talk about Jake Paul. Hey, do thirty seconds nah. into the show, we're talking about nah. him. <laughs> got to do it. Ak. It's AK not our did fault. It. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. You saw the show. We'll talk about that in a bit. You saw the show. Yes, we'll talk about all of that. Uh, Casey is back and joining us. The fourth man in is uh, once again, the Between the Links champion, Jed Mishu. How are you, my friend? I'm doing really well. It's a great night of fights. I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> oh, oh, this man. Is great. Every time they do the three title fights thing, it like, never works out. Like It's yeah. almost always been really bad but for like maybe one notable exception but tonight was i mean it was bad for some people in some very tangible reasons but i mean overall the event was dope like i had a great time yes and jed said before we hit record i got takes and that always means for excellent audio and uh and video quality but ak let us discuss the way this this night ended if you told me that Kamar Usman was going to sleep Jorge Mazadal in the second round, I don't think I would have been like, there's no chance of that happening, but I probably would have been like, eh, I don't think it will happen. 
But that's what we saw. Usman knocks out Jorge Masvidal, puts him to sleep, and he is still the champion of the world. So your thoughts on Usman's performance and, you know, where this puts him. He wants to be, he said, once those pound for pound rankings come out on Tuesday, he wants to be right at the top of that list. What did you think of the performance and did he get himself to the top? Usman, by I think convincing decision, you know, if you were if you were picking Usman, was probably the most likely, uh, the most likely. We all, I mean, I think we all thought Usman could certainly put on a more impressive performance uh, in this this time around. Uh, even though I also thought that Masvidal would look better than last time, I just thought it'd be a more competitive and interesting fight overall. Um, it was, I think, well, no, it wasn't more competitive. I certainly can't make that case, but it was certainly more interesting and more fun to watch, obviously with the way it ended and just sort of the added level of aggression and uh, Masvidal getting a fight in his home state, you know? So uh, yeah, a knockout, like you said, not like unlikely. We just saw his, you know, Usman's power in that Burns fight. Uh, and it felt like it was something that was really coming around. Like it didn't just feel like, oh, it was the right matchup. That's why he could knock out Burns. You saw, there was like a lot of, legitimate like actual noticeable improvements in, in, in everything that Uzma was doing and you're like this might not be the last knockout this guy gets you know and so uh when with a stand-up guy like Masvidal yes we thought Masvidal had the advantage but the power of Uzma was very very real uh what is his performance amazing let's just let's just address the elephant in the room yes the GSP comparisons uh is he now the greatest has he been the greatest you know uh I'm in Canada so I'm biased and I see some Canadians in the chat they're gonna they're gonna come after me if I if I go too heavy on this, but I will say he's in the conversation. If they fought, if you took the best version of GSP and the best version of Usman, I would give Usman a at, at least a 50-50 chance of winning that fight. I can't imagine why anyone would argue against that and say, like, oh, GSP in his prime would definitely kill Usman. I mean, Usman looks as good as any welterweight I've ever seen in their primes. Take prime Matt Hughes, take prime Robbie Lawler, whoever you want. I think Usman's right up there with them. Uh, the resume, I mean, again, it's hard to beat the resume of GSP. So many, so many big names on there. But Usman's, he's starting to, he's starting to, you know, really put something together here. So I'm not anointing him the greatest ever. But if anyone wants to make that argument, it's legitimate. It's legitimate. Usman's great, and and uh, in a hypothetical fight, I, I give him a good chance of beating GSP. I think Usman took a very big step towards the gsp stuff like i said i don't think he's there just yet but i think i thought he took a, i thought he took a good step like it was i felt like after the burns win he was probably right near hughes very close i think he passed hughes after this win tonight i still don't think he's a gsp yet but he's closer i mean when you get a win you get closer to something i think he's closer but he's he's not there yet jed what is your take on one? Let, let's just talk about the the performance overall because there's two people in this very room. We just happen to be on the same side of that little cube. Let's get the cube back up there. <laughs> little Brady Bunch looking thing. The people on the left hand side. We both picked Mazadal. You were very sure. confident in the Mazadal pick. You you made some excellent points on between the links on Thursday. And by the time f- the fight they, rolled around, there were, were points. There were points. I don't know about excellent. It's no good. It's, they I know were good I, points. I know no, it's late. Were. I know it's late. You got people thinking. <laughs> Look at the comments. You got people thinking. But I talked myself into picking Mazdal, <laughs> and the reason, and, and after that first round, I felt even more confident because the first round went exactly the way I thought it was going to go. Usman was going to win the round. Mazdal was going to land leg kicks. He was going to start. Getting points. He was going to start building things up en route to the fight ending shot. I had it in the third round. 
So I was feeling pretty good about it. And then Usman landed that right hand, and you saw like all the water just fly off Mazadal's body. Like it was just a wild knockout. So, your thoughts on the way this fight ended, and you know, addressing the elephant in the room that AK brought into this discussion. I have so many thoughts right now. Um, I guess <laughs> I'll I'll lead by saying uh, Usman is clearly the top pound for pound fighter in the world since Habib retired. He should have had that very obviously. Like it's not a close conversation. There is nobody else in the rankings that sh- should be anywhere near him, but for maybe Francis Ngannou. Like pound for ba- pound should be uh, essentially a gauge of what have you done for me lately in terms of your contemporaries. Usman has beaten all of the top welterweights. Like it's nobody else has even come close to doing that. It's very obvious that he is the top pound for pound fighter in the sport. And I'll believe that until such time as somebody makes a case, like a good case, why by beating their contemporaries one after the other. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Second, uh, the next time we do like an MMA fighting team meetup post COVID, I'm going to have to fist fight all of y'all because this is absolutely ludicrous that we're pretending that Carl Usman is in the same realm as George St. Pierre. He's not. And it's not a knock on Usman. Usman very well could be the second greatest welterweight of all time. Probably is. I do think it's kind of hilarious that – sorry, my dog's in the background. Um, and he's having a big dream. So he's that going on. Uh, I think it's a little hilarious that coming into this fight, everyone was just like, man, Masvidal doesn't deserve this because he didn't. And this is, this is a clear money grab and – yada 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 and then man winning spectacularly really cures all the ills that might face you because now suddenly he's he's better than george st pierre and it's just like it's just ridiculous usman probably almost certainly is the second greatest welterweight of all time but there's a gulf there between like the level of accomplishment and that's that's just undeniable like Usman needs to defend his title like four more times. Could he get there? Sure. Like that's well within the realm of possibility, but he's not there yet. And I only after now picking up, I think this is his fourth title defense. Am I like, I think it's not unreasonable to start saying, ah, he could maybe do this as opposed to, well, it's one a and one B with George St. Pierre. It's not George St. Pierre is pretty clearly the best or like second best fighter full stop of all time and Usman is still well in the middle of his career he's got a lot of room to go so um that's kind of all that and then the last thing I'll just fire off here is uh yeah man I felt great about Masvidal after the first round because Usman ended that round super poorly like swinging wildly and looking weird um maybe even got jawed a little bit from Masvidal like I was like oh I was only kind of half serious when I was talking that Masvidal is going to win, but like he's got a really good shot now. That round went really well for him, all things considered, and then then it super didn't. So <laughs> props to Marlon because that's one of the, like that's the KO of the year for me right now. Like that's that's it. Um, I mean, there's plenty of real estate left in this year for that to change. It's KO of the year. That's one of the cleanest punches i've ever seen land in a ufc fight much less a title fight and uh shout out to who is this dude phil ellsworth 
got like the most perfect photo of it. So oh, check yeah. Twitter it's around like that thing is that is exceptional camera work. So yeah, it was dope. And I'm not here to knock Kamal Usman for doing the damn thing emphatically, but let's let's put low respect on the goat's name, man. <laughs> Jed, what do you think of the hypothetical head to head though? I, I, I mean, fantasy matches are kind of silly, especially in MMA. It's just like it's purely abstract. I but assume, it, I assume Usman beats him because okay. things get better with yeah. time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That, that's that, that's my thinking. I mean, like I said, I, I'm a little more clo- like uh, co- in the comparing like their skill sets. Things is like that's where I'm looking at. Like, oh, Usman could you make a strong argument you're better? I think I'm, I'm a little more in agreement with you as the res- as far as the resumes go. It's just hard to match the names on just. Like, I think I think it's crazy. We're talking about crazy. we're talking about time. We're not talking like Wilt Chamberlain versus you know Shaq. I mean, like I was at GSP's fights. I was there. I mean, like I was yeah. like I was but there. In MMA, I, you know that, that's well, what, that's what's wild. Everything just yeah. I think there's been a quantum. Yeah, I like, I think there has been a quantum leap from like 15 years ago. Yeah, and like one of the huge things that Usman will struggle to overcome in my estimation and in most estimations is like I think he beat George St. Pierre in a fight. You pick the best one of them. Time is better. He's a better athlete. Um, mm-hmm. They they have incredibly similar games. Uh, but there's a reason for that, and it's because Kamar Usman doesn't exist without George St. Pierre. Like, very yeah. clearly, much of his game is modeled off of watching the greatest fighter of all time while he was learning this sport. And it's like, I'm not saying it's impossible for him to pass GSP, but what GSP have nine, 10 title defenses, and I think Usman just hit his fourth. Like, he's got to keep doing this, which is possible. But like he's already talked about possibly retiring and it's like that's just a huge thing to do. Like if he does it, that's tremendous. If he puts together eight title defenses and it's all against quality competition, like that's great. But he's still got a long way to go. And here and the thing we're not going to talk about because nobody ever wants to talk about it, except for me, because I'm the asshole. <laughs> he keeps beating lightweights, man. <laughs> Gilbert Burns is a lightweight. No, is a lightweight. Like, like <laughs> great win. So, like, that's a great win as much. As oh, come on, come on. These are good wins. These, I'm not here to say these aren't good wins. But Gilbert Burns got got by like the seventh ranked dude in the lightweight division. So I'm just saying, like, I'd like to see him instead of doing the run it back with Colby and maybe run it back with Leon, like fight Steven Thompson because he's at least a true welterweight and that'd be something new and different. Fight Vicente Luque. And, like, that's the type of things that will happen as he continues to defend his belt because that's what happens when you defend your belt for, like, 10 years. You end up fighting all not like all sorts of dudes i just need to see more of it but if his next like two years are he wins rematches over very good guys but guys he's already beaten that is that's not a path to becoming the goat to me like give me variety how much is the fact that we can't no one it feels weird calling uzman the goat just because he hasn't been the a-side really I mean, maybe yeah. when he fought Burns, but like in the two Masvidal fights, I mean, it, clearly Masvidal was selling the pay-per-views. Um, the Woodley, I mean, it was kind of Woodley's, I feel, selling the pay-per-views. I mean, Usman doesn't get, Usman, Usman got booed. The GOAT doesn't get booed. Is that, I mean, how much of that comes in the fact you're just weird? Maybe. 
I don't know. I don't think that I think of things in those terms, but I'm, that also feels like something that maybe I just couldn't recognize if I was viewing it that way. Like it's, I, I don't know. I really like Kamar Usman. I think he's a super good fighter. I think he's the top pound fighter in the world. And I am now willing to say it is within the realm of possibility he catches George St. Pierre. I think we're like three years off from that. And a lot ha- can happen in three years, especially for a 33-year-old fighter who admittedly looked tremendous tonight, but like has bad knees and has already talked about maybe retiring. Like it's it's not impossible for him to do it, but uh, the odds are not in his favor in my personal opinion. Yeah, and and it's crazy. Like you know, we we were just saying there's a quantum leap in development, also quantum leap in how we view fighters, I guess. Because Usman has only been in the UFC for about six years now. GSP, his championship run took place over like, well, I mean, around the same, well, maybe a little bit longer than that, seven, eight years. Um, but I felt, and then he came back and and obviously for the Michael Bisping fight. So there was there was like a, a gap in there as well. So it, it is funny. Like yeah, we we maybe are a little too quick with these. And I'll say this: the other case for GSP is. You know, and these are things that are outside of Usman's control. Is that he just had the right collection of rivals, right? You had two all timers, Matt Hughes, BJ Penn. Uh, so two great rivalries there. You had like John Fish coming off like a twenty fight win streak. Uh, what else do we have in there? Like again, and there's some, you know, there's some some title defenses people can scoff at, whatever. Yeah, Dan Hardy. I mean, people didn't love the Dan Hardy title yeah. defense, whatever. But a Jake Shields well, coming like, in from Jago Alves, Jake Shields, like yeah, Jake Shields Condit, coming in from Strike Force, Carlos Condit, who won that for a long time. <laughs> Nick Diaz, who was considered to be the best welterweight outside of the UFC when like that was a dream <laughs> matchup. Nick yeah. Diaz is the best welterweight. Like, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> prove me, prove otherwise. I yeah, yeah, it's clearly yeah. and, and, and run. GSP's run was like what people think John Jones's run was. Sure. John Jones's win was awesome, but it was also against a bunch of dudes who were, or at least a, a large number Older. of them who were on the Older. yeah on the downside of their career. Like, <laughs> GSP's nice run is close to untouchable, but I did just realize the thing that I do think from this weekend that like I hadn't realized before. But very, I think Usman solidified the best of of a category tonight, and he is the best tough winner. I think that that's pretty clear now. Like. Yeah. I think Bisping I think probably had oh, that I think title before. I, I think it was but pretty like, obvious, Usman yeah. Usman has mm-hmm. it. Usman has mm-hmm. it for real. You know what Usman doesn't have either that GSP does have? Usman doesn't have off nights. GSP had an off night when he fought Matt Serra. He had an off mm-hmm. night when he fought Johnny Hendricks. Usman mm-hmm. is – I mean, I know he won against Johnny Hendricks, but – and that's what like that's why I really I've always loved about DJ. I loved about um, Habib. They didn't have off nights, even mm. at their worst. They still won. And Usman, his it's it's his dominance. Like has he like seriously been even in danger? I mean, maybe to get one Gilbert Burns hit him once pretty hard. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of reminds me of when like Michael Johnson hit Habib once, and it's just like whoa, you know. Uh, Col- Colby was well, a pretty good well, back and forth fight. I don't know if he was in danger, but yeah. The thing about it is you're 100% right. Well, like, he did almost lose to Burns, but he hasn't had off nights. He has been a champion for two years. Like but That's on the UFC. That is on the UFC. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a tricky thing when discussing title defense. Yeah. Like, like, I think I it is. Like How many wins did GSP need for to get, to get his title shot? Yeah. Oh, we woke up your dog. Hey, that's we, pretty standard. <laughs> we, 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 yeah. we woke up your dog. Is he okay? Oh, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, he'll win. Um, <laughs> 
DSP got his first title shot pretty quickly, but I mean, this was, that was a different era. But it's like the Khabib thing, Jed. It's like, you know, we talk about Khabib. It's like talking about his amount of title defenses is, is almost silly. Because what, what did Khabib have? Three? Two? Th- three. three. And, but that's silly three. because we know he could have been the champion. Yeah, but you have you to know. do it. And like, look, you, I'm the biggest Khabib dude in the world. You all right. know this. It's going for this man hard. He's not, that's why I brought it up. He's not actually in the conversation. It's fun to I think, think he, is. he is. And he's in in like a – if you want to view it in a very particular lens, but he exists sort of outside of that conversation in his own space as he's a beep. He did this very special and different thing, but in like the confines of the structures of a, of a normal goat conversation, he can't, he, he reigned too short. And even if he probably would have reigned, like then that gets us into the argument that BJ is actually the best because he was the best lightweight and welterweight on the planet for like seven years in the early yeah. 2000s. But he just didn't have the belt. Like you just can't do that. It, it has yeah, to be can. the official. <laughs> I mean, you can, cause it's totally subjective, but like, <laughs> According to the broader population, it's just not going to work. And like it's Habib is is his own thing. Usman has is great. He's the second best welterweight of all time. He is on his way in the sense that like if I started walking right now, I'd be on my way to wherever I was going, even if it was 10,000 miles away. But he's just not there. And like he needs more than two years of a title reign because there is a fundamental difference and like I genuinely believe this. There's a fundamental difference between being at the top and climbing your way to the top. And like fighters talk about it all the time. But when we see these long-reigning champions lose, they lose like this. It is far more impressive what Demetrius Johnson did than anyone being a, a, like a double champ. Because not only did DJ continuously like not have off nights defend his belt, he did it for so many years that like literally fighters grew up knowing he was the champ and planning for him like crafting their whole careers like max holloway had a custom built style to beat jose aldo because aldo was the dude for half a decade and like usman just needs to put in the years if he does that i'll stop arguing but he just has to do it the, the last thing i'll say is that uh it's a, i do think title shots titles uh reigns are a factor but i also it, for me it's not the determining factor just because of how it's handled by the ufc that's it that's the last point i want to make and i feel like there's a lot more to uh a lot more to discuss but it's uh, it obviously should matter yeah yes i uh it's funny jed you you sit there and you you make this statement that when we have an mma fighting meetup you're going to start throwing fists at everybody yet remember on between the links when when you said an answer and then Drake said an answer and then everyone's like, Oh, Drake, I love you, man. Like, that's a great yeah. answer. But you literally said the same thing right before that. That's literally what happened with us. Cause I said exactly the same thing you did. He just passed well, Matt really, Hughes. Really He's now number two. Fight. I really meant I was going to fight AK. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> we, we, we have met and let me tell you something. There was no, there was nothing in this man's eyes. That was a threat to me. I'll tell you that right now. So we have already, we have met in person. I'm just saying we have met in person. So I'm hearing, I'm, this, this is the first time I'm hearing this. All right. This is the first That's time I'm hearing this. That's because I was on your home, home turf, you know, like. And I, I bought you, and I bought you chicken. And I bought you chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know who's going to come out of the woodwork and, you know, start fighting. You gotta, gotta be cautious. Yes. You were in my, yeah, this uh, is true. So that was the main event. Great win for Kamara Usman. As far as matchmaking goes, AK and I will talk about that tomorrow and on to the next one. 
The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, before Usman had his great performance, Rose Namajunas made some history. She became the first women's fighter in the UFC to recapture a title in her weight class. It's never happened before. We never had like a two-time divisional women's champion in UFC history, and it happened. She knocks out Zhang Wei Li in the first round with a beautiful head kick, and not a lot of people saw this one coming. A lot of people thought Rose could win, maybe win a close decision, maybe get a late stoppage. I actually thought like if Rose was going to win, it was going to be in the first round. I didn't think she'd get it. I thought Zhang Wei Li would start to wear on her and get us get a late finish in her own right, but Man, Rose looked good. She looked sharp. Got it done. Jed, your thoughts on Thug Rose getting it done again? I mean, it was really good. Like, it was just uh, – not honestly, the, the fight was so short. There's not a lot to take from it beyond uh, I did not see that coming. Uh, but that was just picture perfect, like landed as clean as can be and – that was the game like good for her uh i'm really excited because i often feel like at some point we're supposed to get these rock paper scissors for divisions like it feels like we talk about styles make fights all the time but ultimately that kind of hasn't borne itself out at least for the champions whoever wins the belt tends to be like the dude until there's another guy who beats him and that's it and occasionally the titles might like change hands a lot like that period at light heavyweight but that wasn't a rock paper scissors scenario whereas like right now strawweight like Namahun is just bolted uh Wiley Zhang and Wiley Zhang obliterated Jessica Andrade and Andrade worked Namahunas in their first fight and would have worked her in the second had it been a five-round fight but instead it was a three round fight and she still arguably could have gotten a draw for that. Like uh, I would pick Andrade even after, and we'll talk about her later. Like if Andrade dropped back down, I would pick her in a three match with Rose. Uh, so that's interesting. Like it's a pretty, pretty weird dynamic going on at Strawweight right now. I would agree. What did you think AK of thug Rose getting it done? I thought the, it's funny when you have, Rogan and Anik and, and DC down there during a Thug Rose fight and she gets a finish like that. Like the faces they make, the reactions they have, it's just something of legend. What did you what did you make of Rose Namajunas regaining her title tonight? Man, look, the book on Rose Namajunas has always been on, on her best day, she can beat anybody. You know, I mean, I think we saw that with the with the first win over Joanna when she finished Joanna. That was truly shocking. Uh the second fight, you know, erase any any thoughts that the first fight was a fluke? She looked like, again, sort of the, the best possible version of this super, super talented fighter who has been, you know, pegged as this prospect since 
Casey, I think we were talking about it before the show, since her Invicta days, like you just knew there was something, excuse me, there was something special about this fighter, uh, about Rose. Uh, she's a finisher at 115, which is, which is, you know, not the most common thing, uh, which is another reason uh, people sort of latched onto her. Uh, she's got a personality. A lot of people like, and I, I obviously I picked Zhang to win. I picked all the champions to defend very, very conservative thinking on my part, but there was that part of my mind. That I'm like, man, you know, Rose can really finish anybody. What I predict, predicted, uh, head kick in under 90 seconds, not in my wildest dreams. There, there's, you could have mentioned it, and I would have said, I probably would have said there's no way that's going to happen. Uh, Zhang's too tough. Her defense is too good. Getting caught. There's, there's no way, even in MMA, there's no way she gets caught that early. But again, you know, we know this, we, this is why the game is the way it is. You know, these, these, these things happen. It was, it was a picture-perfect shot. Zhang was so out of it. Uh, I know uh, there was some consternation over the stoppage. Well, I mean, specifically from Zhang and her team. But I, it, it really looked like she was out. Uh, e- even with Rose kind of on top of her, maybe holding her down in, in an awkward position. I, I do think the head kick took her out. And uh, if anything, maybe a couple of Rose's follow-up shots might have brought her back. So we'll, we'll see We'll see what Zhang thinks when she when she sees the footage. I'm sure she's a proud fighter and doesn't want to admit that she got totally, uh, totally rocked. But, uh, but I think that was the case. So amazing win for her. Uh, Jed mentioned, you know, she had to fight Andrade again to get the rematch, which I think was a, a very worthy test for her. You know, we see people demanding instant rematches all the time. So this time she got the rematch, but it wasn't for the title. And so she, she had to beat Andrade just to get a shot at it, which is scary. Scary enough. Uh, I don't know if anyone wants to fight Andrade once, much less twice, but she did it and uh, and eked out that split decision. Um, to, so it's, it's quite a journey. And will she be able to retain? I don't know. Like I said, every night it depends which Rose Namajuna shows up. But this version of Rose, the one that beat Joanna, indisputably, you know, the best 115-pound uh, fighter out there today. I bet Valentina Shevchenko wants to fight Andrade twice. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's, okay. It's, it's, it's funny you say that. Casey, let me ask you this, because we saw the bonuses. We had a fight of the night, and the two performance bonuses went to Usman and Rose. Whose performance impressed you more, Rose Namajunas or Valentina Shevchenko? I would say Shevchenko just because I was picking Andrade for the upset. Um, so I was just super impressed. Because I thought, I was like, I thought Andrade was like, okay, this is the weight class that she's made for now, 125. She finally, because when she originally she came in as a bantamweight, she went down to 115 because there was no 125 at the time. And then she went to 125. Um, it's like, but that that's a 1A, 1B thing. <laughs> you know, there was it's just spectacular performances from each of those ladies. It was definitely Chevy what truck. You- <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a Chevy truck. Like, like, I'm great, and that's a great KO. I was also a KO in a minute. Like, it's not a fluke because she threw it. She intended to throw it. But, like, if they fought that again, none of us would expect the same thing to happen. Like, that performance can be boiled down much, much more briefly to – yeah, a thing happened and it's over, but it may not be fully indicative moving forward. We watched Valentina Shevchenko fight Jessica Andrade a hundred times, and Andrade is just getting that work every time. Man, that was an ass kicking par none. Yeah, yeah, I think we we talked about this um on our uh, privately, but with Jed, like the gap between. I mean, I, I, sorry, we're moving on to flyweight already, but the gap between Shevchenko Shevchenko and the rest of the division. I can't think of another division where there's a bigger gap between the champion and everyone else. I can't think of a division where there's been a bigger gap ever, unless you want to go back to like 
Hoist Gracie. Yeah, you're versus talking. the UFC one crowd who didn't know what grappling was. Yeah. Like she is so far beyond her contemporaries. It is honestly like Laura Murphy, God bless her, absolutely deserves to get in there and have her day. She deserves her day in court. That is close to malpractice to book that because that's just like but you have she's, to. I mean, is handing out ass whoopings for as long as she wants. This is what's going on here. Do you, do you believe Shevchenko is is like much like maybe Usman? How I feel like Shevchenko. It seems like she is literally getting better each performance, and <laughs> that's why. And, that, and that's why I think the the idea of a trilogy fight, which I, I'm not sure why Dana poo-poos on that so much. Maybe just it didn't sell enough, but uh, I think it's just a money thing. But um, I mean, I think that this Shevchenko is just so much better than the one that arguably beat Nunes in the second one, this, their second fight at, at 35 in Edmonton. Um, so I don't know. It just, gosh, I think it was, I was so impressed. I was just, I was maybe, maybe I, I had, I overvalued on Draj, but I really, I really don't think I did. I think, I think just Shevchenko was just better than I imagined. Yeah. I don't think you did either like yeah. that. I thought Shevchenko was going to win convincingly. I didn't think it was going to be that convincingly. <laughs> like she is, she is something else, man. <laughs> just something else. And credit to Rosanna Hunis, because really just brilliant to be friends with Valentina Shevchenko. To nobody talks about her going up to get that work because you you shouldn't want it. Like it's just gonna be a bad night for you. Yes, I would agree. And what's interesting about 25 is yes, Valentina, there is a bit a wide gap, but we actually have like some fights and some interesting contenders. Like we got Chukagian who probably, even if she beats Viviani Arujo is not getting a title shot unless she does like a somersault drop kick KO, like something better than Joaquin Buckley. And even then she probably doesn't get a title <laughs> shot, but you got Arujo. She beats Chukagian. She's right there. And of course you got Lauren Murphy fighting Joanne Calderwood. So she has options and she has some fresh faces that she could fight. Let's talk about what's next for Rose, Jed. What do we do here? Because we got Carlos Barza getting ready to fight Jan Jonan next month. But something tells me the UFC is going to try to get this rematch cooking. So what what would you do? Oh, they're going to do the Jan Jan Jonan Carlos Barza fight. Um, I I think that's, I mean, one, both of those women are on like four fight win streaks, five fight win streaks. Well, I mean, Jan Jonan's on like a 23 fight win streak or whatever it is. Um, Ostensibly, uh, Yan Jianan should win that fight. If, if she doesn't, maybe the UFC might try and finagle something because Carlos Barza has won her last two fights um, and probably would win over Yan Jianan in, in a similar <laughs> disputable fashion. Uh, but even so, I still think they run that back. Like, There's a really good story to sell there of – hey, Esparza was the first champion. She beat Rose. Rose has grown so much, and now she's the champion and gets to defend her belt. It's a, it's a bookend thing. It's obviously will be Esparza's last fight for a title. So you give a kind of a pioneer of this division in a lot of ways, uh, a big send-off in that regard. Uh, otherwise, Yan Jianan totally deserves it uh, if she beats Esparza. I mean, it's it's that's the three and four or two and three in the rankings fighting each other. I think that just happens. Plus – um, I'm sure the UFC likes Wiley Zhang because she seems personable and that's good. But if we're being honest, really their investment and interest in her is 
the, is her nationality and using her as an inroad into the Chinese market. And they can get the same thing with, with the Anjanan and not have to like force feed a, a automatic rematch for somebody who just got gotten 80 seconds. So I think that's a hundred percent of the fight that happens next. All right. AK, we'll get your take on this tomorrow. Um, but Dana yes. seems interested in the rematch, which is kind of uh, kind of fascinating. We'll see what happens. I mean, Jan was Zhang was out for over a year. You know, you could throw in some intangibles. Who the hell knows? But um, great performances from everyone who walked out with gold wrapped around their waist tonight. Uh, I'm kind of hesitant to go to the it. fight before the title fight. No, I, let's I, do I, it. Let's do it. Can I just ask you guys really quickly? Uh, are you interested, like outside of there's just not another fight? Uh, are you actually interested in Shevchenko Nunes three? Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Even, even, even though I want to remind people that second fight uh, was not super entertaining. To be yeah, tired. it was a terrible fight. I won, well, and I Shevchenko won BT Dubs. I had I had Valentina winning that fight until. The last minute when Valentina, I can't remember the exact details. Valentina did like a really amateurish kind of one of those throws. Um, you know, head arm throws. Yeah, head and shoulder throw, head arm throw. And and Nunez wound up getting mount be, from it because it was such a bad throw. I was like, why did she do that? Like in my mind, I was like, oh, she won. And then she just gave it away in the last minute. So absolutely, I want to see that rematch. I don't care that it was two bad fights. I don't care. Yeah, I think exactly. And I think it's, it's, it just has to be done at some point. But Valentina said tonight, she's, you know, even she said, we said Dana White poo-pooed on the idea. Even uh, Shevchenko's kind of like, I'm not going to push for it. She said, she feels it's going to happen someday. That could mean a year from now. You know, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean like far, far in the future. We don't know how much more uh, Amanda Nunez wants to fight. And I think that'd be a great, uh, you know, retirement fight for at least one of her last fights. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm absolutely. I, I want to see it. I, I still think it's a compelling matchup, even though uh, uh, the second fight was not, you know, th- a thriller. How was the first fight? I don't that, remember the first fight at all. First, it was more was convincing. It was a much more convincing win for Nunez. Yeah, Nunez. but that was no, when, it wasn't. It was not a more yeah, convincing win at all. <laughs> it absolutely Nunez was. Won two, Nunez won the first two rounds, then gas yes. major yeah. in the third. Exactly. She clearly she she, she clearly won the first two rounds. Yeah, no, it wasn't. That, it wasn't that bad. If, 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 the, if the second fight, if the, if the first fight was like Pride Rules, did Valentina win? Probably. All right. Close. Nunez didn't do anything, and like she won convincingly, but like also, yeah, that was forever ago. And Amanda Nunez is a much different and much better. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that, that, was, that I, I think that was before she was champ, was right? More, that was before Nunez was champ, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, it was a three-rounder. Yeah. That was before Nunez. Uh, like, I mean, I think that was a more convincing win for Nunez. And, and, I, and I know you're trumpeting Shevchenko won the second fight for your rest of your life, Jed. But I did a robbery review on that. Let me tell you something. There really wasn't enough to make a compelling case either way. There's not. There's no, not. People can watch that fight. No, no. Watch the fight. Watch the fight again. I don't know when the last time is you watched the fight. I'll tell anyone here in the comments, anyone watching, watch the fight again. If you can make a super strong argument that Shevchenko won that fight, I'll be amazed. Did it come down to the uh, fifth round? I'm going to not watch that fight ever again because I value it. I know. I know you won't. I know. Exactly. I have. I've endured. I think I actually watched it twice for the robbery review, and it was horrible. Uh, and and after two viewings, I honestly could not tell you like that either woman convincingly won that fight. I still – I think I, – I do think I might have scored it like for Shevchenko barely, but I was just like – 
I didn't feel strongly about there it. There you go. So there you go. He not- he he admit it. He admits it. He admits I mean, it. A lot of moving sides moving on, Mr. Heck. Thank you. <laughs> oh no, don't clip that. Don't clip that. <laughs> he admitted he admitted that, that comment needs context. <laughs> not he admitted it. <laughs> Mike, can we talk I about think we're all, what you were? I think we're all in yeah. agreement. Listen, we'll move we'll move on, but I think we're yeah. all in agreement that fight needs to happen, but there's an absolutely no rush in making that fight happen. No. Like we don't need to see that right now. We just don't we and don't need it, to. We don't need to. And if it if it never happened, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be like, damn, that's the one that got away. I'd be kind of like, oh, okay. It's unfortunate they didn't fight again. But it's yeah, I'm definitely not of the I need to see it happen, but it is like the most compelling thing. I would be bummed about it now. And really? like a few a few months ago, I wasn't because I thought like Nunez was just I think Nunez would win. I still think she would win the trilogy and probably mm. more convincing. I have serious questions about that now. Um mm. now Shevchenko is much more willing to use her grappling, and that is mm. like it is that's a very competitive fight in the feet. Uh but if Shevchenko starts taking Nunez down. Nunez off her back is not not a threat. I think that adds a whole different layer. I, I actually really would like to see that fight. I agree. We don't need to see it now, but give it a year or two. And if we don't ever get it again, I'll be a little bummed. But let's move on to talk about the harsh, horrible thing. Uh, are, are we <laughs> yes, been trying, yeah. We've been avoiding this. All right. Well, I have, I I have, to, no, run, I have to run shortly, but I do want to. Mike, uh, go ahead. Mike, lay it, lay it out. Go ahead, Mike. Aka, I mean, everyone knows what we're going to talk about right now. We're talking uh-huh. about the former UFC middleweight champion Chris Weidman, who was in a great place mentally. Moved to South Carolina, no more snow, hanging out, Wonder Boy, getting ready to to fight Uriah Hall. He was super confident he was going to get a second win. Then he throws a leg kick, the first strike of the fight, seventeen seconds in. Uriah Hall checks it, and. Chris Weidman's leg pretty much snaps in half. It was nasty. And it was one of those things like you saw it right away. Like you heard it and you saw it and you didn't want to believe it, but you just couldn't help it. Like this was, this was too real, but it was just a, a crazy thing. you obviously you feel for Chris Weidman. Hopefully he's getting better. Dana White said at the press conference, he's going to have surgery in the morning. He's in the hospital, but you also got to feel for Uriah Hall too, because he really wanted this fight. It was Wyman was his first pro loss on the regional scene. He lost his middleweight title in Ring of Combat to Chris Wyman. Chris Wyman went on to the UFC to become a world champion. Just a wild scene, man. AK, I know you got to get going, but your thoughts on that fight, the leg break, and everything that happened in that 17 seconds? I, uh, I was, you know, I, I tweeted after I was like, I don't want to watch fighting anymore after I saw that. And I actually have not tweeted since. I've retweeted a bunch of people. I actually have not tweeted since that happened. I'm a, I'm a Chris Weidman fan. Uh, so that was rough. I mean, that, that was hard to watch, man. And it's crazy that, you know, this was uh, the first event with, uh, with fans. So what almost like, I think over 15,000 people. I felt like for a second, everything froze. I felt like everything froze. Chris Wyman went down. Uriah Hall, obviously he felt it. He knew right away was Ron the referee. Thank God, recognized. Every, every, everyone knew. I feel like fifth, somehow it wasn't like one of those chaotic moments. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember watching it live. It wasn't like one of those chaotic moments where like, you know, sometimes the crowd's like, oh, what happened? It somehow everyone knew that what, maybe because it was Weidman, maybe they immediately were reminded, of course, of the Weidman Anderson Silva rematch. It was so disgusting. Uh, it was disgusting. It, it was it was a disturbing scene. 
Uh, I see people in the comments. I do want to address people asking, like, man, do you feel a little bit bad for Uriah Hall? I mean, of course, in a sense, it's crazy that you know he he beats his idol in his last fight, Anderson Silva, and he's just so emotional he can't even really enjoy it. This one, he just as soon as it happened, he goes over to his own corner and just kind of closes his eyes and drops to his knees, and you can tell he's just trying to kind of process what's going on. And Uriah Hall is one of the most we've said this many times, one of the most thoughtful, emotional fighters. So it's so for this to happen to this guy, uh, you know, two consecutive fights, these sort of really kind of stressful wins, if that makes sense, these stressful victories. It, it, and again, it couldn't happen to a more thoughtful guy. So I, I feel for him a little bit. But yeah, crazy scene. Uh, you know, they cart Weidman off. He's just in agony the whole time, obviously, uh, understandably. There's a brutal moment when the crowd starts chanting F. Jake Paul uh, during it, uh, which was Go that Jackson. was like slightly amusing, maybe the first time it happened. And I do not know why it kept coming up during the night. Um, that's a whole other thing. You guys can talk about that more after I'm gone. Um, <laughs> Thanks. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I'll leave that. I'll leave that to you, fellas. Um, but yeah, the Chris, the Chris Weidman thing. Look, I, I get it. Uh, this could be the last time we see Chris Weidman fight in the UFC. It's I'll say a clean break is usually uh, better than, you know, uh, some of the knee like a tearing a ligament or something like that. But at age 36, I don't know. You know, people are saying uh, Anderson Silva, he kind of came from, back from it relatively quickly, perhaps with some uh, some assistance. But um, whatever it takes for Chris Weidman to just – I'm not even can't talking about fighting. Get that leg back into good condition so he can function and live his life comfortably. That should be the focus right now. Whether he fights again, I don't know. Who knows? I think we'd all want to see it. But if this is the end, what a what a grim what a grim finale to uh, what was, what's been a very good career. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to it's add sad. to that, Jed. Well, well we, sad. we can add Dude. Dana White's wonderful tweet after it. Oh, what did he tweet? Oh, my. Dana, most... Dana has been blocked, so I don't see his tweets. You, <sighs> no, you, wow. you you see you see one of, the, one of the best middleweights ever to find the UFC have a horrible leg break, and you, your first thing you tweet is, fastest, like, First victory by a UFC fighter without ever throwing a strike. <laughs> That's. I can't it was tacky. Kind of it awesome. was so. T- it was. It was tacky to put it nicely. Oh, also, that not a be bad. true. Damian Maya fought in the UFC for like twenty years. He definitely won fights without throwing a strike. Ah, uh, did I? <laughs> Nice. I'm not, that's not even a joke. Like, I'm actually <laughs> extremely confident. At one point, he took some dude down, never threw a punch, and choked him out. Um. Yeah. Look, I get that this is a. It was a, a shocking thing. Uh, this is gonna like, dude. This is wild, and, and I don't understand. Like, I'm maybe I'm a bad person. Totally willing to admit this. Like, I do not wish ill on Chris Weidman, and I hope he recovers well because that has to be awful. Uh. I don't feel like that's a career-ending injury. I'm not a doctor either, so I could way be wrong. But uh, the all the surrounding things there are just absolutely insane. And this is easily like the most fascinating thing that happened on the night to me. Like when we look back at this, like are we gonna remember that Usman bolted Jorge Masvidal? Probably. But the first thing we're gonna remember is this. And we like should, dude. It is. I, I tweeted this, and I'm sure I'm not the only person to have this thought. Like. This is something that you could not make up because any editor, producer, et cetera, would be like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, the, this has to be based in 
in reality, not in fantasy land. Like Chris Weidman just lo- like beat Anderson Silva, the Anderson Silva, mm-hmm. and then the rematch, leg kick, shattered, horrifying. Now Chris Weidman is is making his comeback. There are all these parallels between Weidman um, and and Uriah Hall that that were made a big deal of ahead of time. Uriah Hall is the dude who was pre at one point by Dana White called the next Anderson Silva, and then that happens to him against the next Anderson Silva. Like that is some, I it's cartoonish. Like it is absurd that this is real life. It's like uh, it's like the Lincoln Kennedy conspiracy theory of connections <laughs> going on here the illuminati is at work and they were in jacksonville tonight see and gerald mearshard had the audacity to say that i'm the alex jones of mma because i said weird things are going to happen tonight <laughs> i had a feeling that weird things were going to happen tonight text him text him yeah, uh, guys i've I've gone around. I'm sorry. I know I'm going to miss the questions, uh, but it's been a, it's been a pleasure as always. I got to help do some writing. Thank you, everyone who's been watching. Stick with the stick with the boys. Stick with the stream. I will I will see you guys soon. Bye, AK. Happy how birthday! Out of here elegantly. Everyone Casey, say happy birthday! Here elegantly. Uh, okay. No, don't say happy birthday. It is not my birthday. AK. Happy birthday. AK. I got a question. No, oh, whatever. <laughs> <He's gone. laughs> All right. Speaking of questions. Let's uh, we ready? Let's go to some questions. We ready? All right. Didn't yeah. talk about the other leg injury, <laughs> the card of leg injury. Oh God, I forgot. I it, was, it was three I'm fights in a too. row. It was three <laughs> fights in a row of, of leg violence, like within no, the no, first. No. <laughs> Randy Brown Oliveira was between the uh, was the that a lot? Oh okay, yeah, okay. The Brandon Allen thing was uh, no, no. Wait, there. I thought the first fight of the pay per view was Anthony Smith Crew, and then it was Weidman. Weidman was it a six fight pay per view or five fight pay per view? But what's the third fight you're thinking of? Because I assumed you were talking. Well, no, about I was talking about um, well, late kick violence being Rose. Oh no, no, there was just sorry, there oh, yeah, was um, Valentina there was there was a fight in between that. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot they put Valentina before Rose. All right, all right. Okay, okay. question. Do 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 do. And Randy Brown's Twitch is going to be on fire this week because <laughs> everyone wants everyone wants to know what 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 the beef was all about between those two guys. And do we? Randy Brown's like, watch I my Twitch. Not. I want to know. Uh, it's a, it's a thing. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get a Twitch account for that. <laughs> someone just tell me. I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna watch it, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I want to know. Will, I'm sure somebody. <laughs> I want to. Well, somebody that will much. watch it and then go on Twitter and tell me what it was, and that's that's perfect. Um, I like this question. Um, oops, let me fix that. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. I mentioned how I felt um, Valentina is a much better fighter since they, the second time her, her and Nunes fought. Um, what do we think about Nunes? Is she a better fighter, or is she kind of... 
she is what she is now when they fought. She's definitely, nah, she's, she's 100% better. You think so? Yeah. Yes. I don't know if she's as much better as I think Shevchenko is, but some of that's just like she spent a lot of time fighting at 145, so it's hard to judge how much she's improved. Like We won't learn how good Amanda Tudez is because she like walked through a clearly terrified um, Megan Anderson. So, But I think, yeah, I think she's probably improved pretty well. I feel Nunes is kind of where she is um, pretty much since the Tate fight. But um, I've I've just been, I've been like, I know Nunes since like the Invicta era when she was just a two round fighter and get her past two rounds and she'll just gas out and you can beat her up. So obviously she's not that fighter anymore, but um, yeah, maybe you guys think so. Just wondering. Um, Mm -hmm. This guy's facial hair is tremendous. Oh, it is. That was quite a mustache. Just thanks, Matt. Just that is awesome. Thanks, Matthew. Not, not really a question, but I felt you know the positive energy. Um, Sweet. Well, it's been <laughs> in Thursday, so I can get somebody who isn't standing for Drake Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Dana want Rose versus Young too? Rose needed seventy-eight seconds to trip because because it's Dana White. Because here's yes, exactly. You want to know why? Because he wants to see Yan Jonan fight Zhang Wei Li in China, because that would be a humongous deal for the title. That's that that's what he wants. That's what the UFC wants, and it would be a massive, massive thing for the UFC and the sport and for the country. So that's why I think they want the rematch. I would also say Zhang was out for over a year because of you know COVID and everything, and you know that kind of sucks for a young fighter. And but I, I I love Joseph Boza. I love his questions. But the whole well, if you beat someone in seventy eight seconds, that means you're going to beat him every time in seventy eight seconds. That's BS. Um, I mean, we saw we saw that with DC and Stipe. You know, DC won the first one. He lost the next two. So um, I poked, bro. I poked. Bro. Hey, I thought I think I th- I thought DC Stipe three should have been no contest, but um, uh, that hilarious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> An absolute chaos. I know. <laughs> All right. But yeah, but obviously uh the yeah, the China market. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean that's that's yeah. exactly why. We should all be excited about the China market so they could pick some not culturally great song to <laughs> put over their advertisement about the first Chinese versus Chinese title fight in history. <laughs> UFC got finger on the pulse. They do. Uh, chance of Nick Diaz versus Jorge Mazadal comeback fight. I'll, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. That's exactly the fight that should happen. It's a 0% chance. Why? Nick Diaz, Nick Diaz isn't fighting. <laughs> Nick Diaz has been coming back to MMA for the last seven years. I will not believe it until after the fight is done. Literally until the moment the final horn sounds for whatever <laughs> knockout judge's decision. I will not believe that Nick Diaz is fighting until such time because <laughs> historically that's the stance you should have. So if he fights 20, so if he fights a five round, like main event or co-main event, you won't believe it until the 25th, like the 25th minute and right. the final horn. Okay. So the 20, 
<laughs> so even like as each round ends, you're still like, this isn't really no, happening. No, not real. Not real. That's correct. <laughs> Anything could happen. He could just like walk out of the cage. Like, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore and leave. <laughs> We're doing not. a watch along. We're doing a watch along <laughs> when Nick Diaz comes back with Jed because I have to I have to watch this happen. Yeah, like it's uh. when he comes. Okay, I'll say yes because he's never coming back. Doesn't matter what I'm doing, I'll say yes because I never have to cash in on this. I feel like Nick Diaz coming back is like saying John Jones is gonna fight a heavyweight. It's just something I feel like we've just been talking about for like decades now. <laughs> but dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, okay? L- listen, listen to this, okay? And then we're gonna go back and we're gonna clip this out and <laughs> we're gonna remember what happened on this day. August pay-per-view. We're gonna see that fight. You heard it here like, first. I know yes. Like like in a Nunez, Nunez, Nunez Pena will be the co-main event, and they will do the stupid BMF title. Those two guys. Uh, I'm not wait, confident do, why Nick Diaz would want to do that for whatever pennies he'd get from the UFC when he could just like go fight Jake Paul in August and make all the money under contract. <laughs> Is he? He's he can't great. still be under contract. He hasn't fought in eight years. Dude, Ben Askren was still under contract. He had to get you. He had ben to get Askren permission a year ago. Nick Diaz literally hasn't fought in eight years. There's no he's way dead. that contract is still holding. There's just no way. These are if MMA are fighters. Believe, they, they sign anything. <laughs> if we are to believe Dana White, because Nick Diaz was in the building, he said he's well, going in the back. So there you go. I think it's going to happen. I think that's saying if we're to believe Dana White. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I t- you know, as soon as you said that, I tuned out, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, okay. So this doesn't mean anything. Got it. <laughs> Listen, he's not truthful. Listen, the, when, when does he come out and say Nick Diaz wants to fight? He always says, no, nah, stop asking me about Nick Diaz. You guys always ask me about effing Nick Diaz. He ain't fighting. He's not coming back. He's never talked to us. Now he's saying, I'm about to go back and talk to this man about a fight. It's because you're not, you got to think this through, right? So, when does he say that people don't want to fight? When they're asking for too much money. But when they want to fight is when they're not asking for any money at all because then he can set the price (laughs) and you try to get Nick Diaz back by putting public pressure on him to do it. He's playing chess, man. Low level chess. (laughs) Low level chess. This This will be the fight, and this will be the last fight for like another eight years, and people are still going to want to see Nick Diaz fight after that. I mean, that's what makes him wonderful. If if we're living in this fantasy world where Nick Diaz is going to fight, this is the fight to make. Uh, But I just refuse to believe it until until the BMF belt has changed hands. Also, it totally should have changed hands. Usman took that shit tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, dude, okay, you know my biggest bum out the whole night? I thought when Usman knocked Masvidal out and he started climbing the cage, I thought he was climbing the cage to grab the BMF belt. I thought he was going to hold that, but I was like, and that's why, and that's why Usman can't be considered the goat because he misses those freaking opportunities, those those magical opportunities like that. If he would have done that and just held that BMF belt, the baddest motherfucker in the game belt, and showed all those fifteen thousand Florida fans what's up, yeah, or just said it on the mic afterwards and been like, you know, 
respect to George. He pushed me, but, and like totally fair, I didn't deserve the BMF belt after I foot stomped my way to a decision last year, <laughs> but I'm going to need that 12 pounds of steel right on over here. Cause you got got son. Like <laughs> what's possible going to say? No, nah, I just got colded. I'm still the BMF. <laughs> nope. Hand over the belt, homie. You'd be like, Jorge, can you grab the belt over there? It's just, it's, it's over there. Can you just grab it for me? Thanks. Thanks, bro. Yeah, cool. What do you think Colby would have done? Colby Colby would have jumped out of the cage and lit it on fire. Because he, he Colby doesn't miss do anything. <laughs> Colby, Colby you know, think so? Remember that I time think Colby confronted Dana White and then at the blackjack table, and when Dana was like, "Colby, shut the hell up," Colby turned off his camera and deleted the video. Yeah, yeah. Colby, Colby would not do anything. He would have tried. <laughs> Okay. Um, I, we we talked about this earlier, but um, let's give one. Let's give a definitive answer on this. Talk, talking about we're talking about uh, become the goat. Okay, so for me, this would be name the fighters too. Okay, so we have they're gonna do the Colby fight. Okay, I don't make, care what Usman says. They're gonna it do makes the Colby sense. Fight. That is the big. That is the biggest fight he can have right now. Um, uh, Sonya, but he wouldn't do it. Yeah, he's not gonna fight us, Anya. I don't want. To um, I would say Colby. <laughs> he doesn't want to do that either. Um, Colby, if Wonder Boy beats Burns, he would be. Yeah, and then we still got Leon Edwards and Nate. So I mean, I feel especially if Nate wins, Usman would be crazy not to like go all in on that fight because Usman would win that one, and just get that money. Um, yeah, Wonder Boy would have to be one. Maybe Luke A. Kiesa is another guy. Wonder Boy is interesting. That's the one I want to see. That fight is super interesting, and nobody talks about it because nobody wants Wonder Boy to have the belt. But like, he is definitely the hardest fight for Usman, in my opinion. Usman, I, I believe, Usman is said win, same. Like, yeah, to me, I feel Usman for Usman. It's Wonder Boy Edwards. And then probably one other fighter. It could be, oh yeah, Colby too. Um, yeah, Colby, Colby again. Beat Wonder Boy, beat Edwards, and that's the division. I mean, yeah, you may throw Nate in there if Nate looks great against Leon Edwards. I mean, we're we're assuming that's not going to happen. But um, either Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz, you know, we're the winner of that Wonder Boy, Colby, and then I don't know. To me, like Usman's got it. I don't know. I need at least four from him. <laughs> uh, I, I just do. Like he needs maybe three gets it done, but probably not. Needs that uh, probably four fights gets him really in the conversation. Wonderboy absolutely has to be one. And the other one's like, okay, Colby, fine, another rematch. Um, I guess Leon Edwards is probably gonna get there. But like the other ones is somebody that we don't even know yet, right? Like it's yeah, gonna be thinking. somebody who comes out of the woodwork because Maybe Shmaev is that good, you know, something like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be yeah, it's me Shmaev or some dude because that's how yeah. this always works. Like, again, my like, I think one of the most underrated aspects to goat conversations is not just number of defenses, but like time, like duration, because putting together like six defenses in a year is hella impressive. But also, we've seen tons of fighters like have a good year and then drop off after it. It's it's being that a game year after year after year at the top of the mountain when people are gunning for you. Like that is so difficult because 
new fighters rise, new fighters fall, new styles come up. The game innovates so quickly, like the meta game. I mean, we didn't even talk about it, but like tonight might have been the end of the calf kick <laughs> because there is a very real reason you shouldn't calf kick somebody, and it's Uriah Hall just snapped Chris Weidman's leg in two. So, like, the, the game shifts so quickly that I think years do matter as well. And so, like, I need three or four defenses. Wonder Boy, assuming he wins one more fight, needs to be amongst them. And, you know, whoever else comes up in the next couple of years. I'm with you on that one. That sounds about right. For And just for our listeners out there who may or may not train Muay Thai or MMA, getting – Getting checked off a leg kick is so, so freaking painful. It's way worse than actually getting kicked to me. When you get checked properly, good God, you it's never so, want to you never want to throw a kick again. Bar. Yeah, it's 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 so weird. It's like I was about to break this leg this guy's leg, but nope. Now my leg is just sucks for a week at least. <laughs> well, unless you, if you don't break it, I mean I've never broken it, but oh god. When I see like when I see hard checks in fights, I'm just like, oh, you just kind of like tense a little bit. Yeah. So, but yeah, nasty man. I thought one of the most interesting things of the of the press conference was actually Valentina throwing, kind of accidentally throwing shade at Chris Weidman for throwing that calf kick, kind of, but basically saying you gotta be careful throwing those, and that's why she doesn't throw that many leg kicks because there is a high chance risk that you can really f up your leg. And I thought that was. That's something I, ne- I never really noticed from Valentina. It, it, I mean, uh, it, she's not a big leg kicker, is she? Not huge. Not huge. Um, I mean, she'll pick, she'll pick, she'll the, pick up spots, but she does the inside one consistently. But that seems—I mean, it's safer, and that yeah. seems to me, at least to my eye, to be more because, or she's she's a southie anyway, and it feels more like it's a rhythm break and not like an attack. Like she's just trying to take the front leg out from under him. Um, maybe we'll take like one or two more questions, but uh, yeah, we'll take you know, Anthony Smith gets a win, he actually looked pretty good tonight. It was kind of an unfortunate ending. Uh, Randy Brown with a nice uh, one arm rear naked choke submission over Alex Oliveira. Uh, Dwight Grant with a a very questionable split decision in my eyes. I thought it should have been a draw, Uh, thought it was a draw. I actually scored a 30 27 for Seculage. Didn't watch the fight. No. Also, shouts to Anthony Smith and Jimmy Crew. Before the weirdness and even after the weirdness, that was fun as hell. Yeah. Definitely. Hell yeah. Like they That's were just trading jabs for low kicks. Like <laughs> an even exchange. Which one of us will fall first? <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was a good scrap for five minutes yeah. for sure. Uh, Brandon Allen, good submission. Pat Sabatini gets his first UFC win. Uh, Dana Batgarel, nasty knockout of Kevin Natividad. Uh, Rodrigo Vargas beats Rong Zhu. Uh, Jeff Molina, uh, Aori Kilang. Good God, what a fight that was. I feel vindicated. That was my low-key banger, and it delivered. And then, of course, Ariane Karnalozzi and Liang Na was a great fight as well. Dude, feel bad for Bacquerel. Because, like, great knockout. Had to be feeling pretty good. And especially, like... On paper, it was very possible that the top three fights were not super exciting or deliver super highlight KOs. And then, nope, like 
just didn't have All a chance. Them. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't have a chance. Uh, what is what is left for Mazadal after this? Does he ever headline a pay-per-view again? Yes. Against Nick Diaz in August for the BMF title. Wait, I thought that was going to be on the same pay-per-view as Nunez versus uh, it is. Pena. But so he's yeah, going to head Mom- on that over, over Nunez and Pena? Yeah. Are you kidding me? That'd be interesting. That's I mean, 100% what they would do. I feel yeah. like they just put it on a different card. I think it would be a different card. I don't yeah. know. I feel like you know that Where, better than I do. We're already so. booked through September with title fights. Because now we got Blahovich and Glover in September. I mean, you could do it later, but I think you'd. It's convenient. I want to get Nick in there. In so this could push Nick, back. <laughs> if Nick gets in there and Nick really wants to fight, he's probably going to want to get back in there sooner rather than later. And this is a lucrative fight for Mazadal, and it's a lucrative fight for Nick. You know, yeah. give the girls some pay per view points as well. If that happens, it's definitely headlining pay-per-view. And Masvidal is headlining pay-per-view anyway. Masvidal Covington is going to headline the shit out of a pay-per-view. And frankly, <laughs> Masvidal Leon Edwards is probably going to do the same at some point too. Even Leon Edwards, who no one likes, will still still get a headliner <laughs> because of Jorge Masvidal. Does does Mas that's that's what's wild to me about winning and losing in the in MMA with fans and you know what sells. Because I'm not wrong when I think Masvidal Colby sells way more than Usman Colby too. Yeah, easily. Like, I mean, that's what I mean. Like a title fight against the goat, you know, you know, well the future goat, you know, Usman. Like it's just that's, that's I always find that weird. Like we're just uh, the general fan base just isn't interested in seeing the best. They just want to see yeah. they want to see rivalries. That's just it's just I just I was think it's just a very interesting part of the sport. But um, one quick last question. Uh, we didn't really talk about this, no, but I thought, I, thought, I thought this was interesting. Can you say something about Masvidal being too confident? Which was Masvidal well, kind of... Like, no, that's what he, he, he said that in his post-fight. In his, in his post-fight in the cage, he said, oh, I just didn't think Usman could hit that hard. You know, he just... I, just, I mean, he fought, he fought the guy for 25 minutes, so he would know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's a matter of being too confident. I mean, when you get knocked out like that, like, what are you supposed to say? Yeah, the my thing here is it's never good to – I am of the opinion that you should never do the, oh, I just got hit. Let me put my hands down and invite a brawl. Some fighters that, like, make sense, especially for strategic purposes, if you're that's your best chance to win is just getting into a, a rough and rugged. Uh, in general, I don't – but it's not like Masvidal was – dicking around in there and had his hands down and got clocked like he just Usman stepped in with the right hand <laughs> and it landed flush like I I don't think he was overconfident anyway because like Mike said he's been 25 minutes you should have a pretty good understanding uh I would imagine of who another human being is and what they're physically capable of if you fight them for half an hour um and that just happened like well, he's He's not as good as Kamar Usman. But we saw the first fight. No, I don't think I wasn't. Did any of us think that that Kamar Usman could one shot kill Masvidal? I, I mean, I mean on my, earth. that's what I mean. So that's what I mean. So so I, I that's so I, I can totally understand what Masvidal is like. He can't knock me out. Yeah, he can hit me, and I can it can suck, yeah. but knock me out. I mean, I that was just yeah. wild. 
and, and such a such a technical. I, I totally agree with what Jet said earlier about KO the year because of the level of competition. Such a just technically perfect, just back to basics punch. Just fake the left hook, pull the hand yeah. down, boom. It was just awesome. Mm-hmm. I was like, just, just ba- basics. The basics. I love. I love the basics. All right. Where's yeah, that? I mean, it was good. It, it was, it was good. But I mean, it's it, it's kind of hard to find a happy medium because like, you want to sell the fight, you want to talk trash, get a couple more pay per view buys, but at the same time, there's like the old additive of like the pro wrestling world where you, like, you want to talk trash, but you still want to put over your opponent. Yeah. So if you say like, oh, this guy hits like a like a bitch or he's yeah. got pillow hands, and then you get knocked out by him, it just makes you look really bad. That's why like Not in good. those worlds, you're like. Yeah. But I mean, I get it. It's just kind of finding that happy medium, which no one's been able to find. And it's really hard to find. So I don't think he was like too confident. I just think he spent 25 minutes with him. Nobody thought that was possible. If anyone was getting a finish, if Usman was going to get a finish, is he going to be like a late submission or like a, I think yeah, like, maybe uh, like a TKO? Of yeah, some, yeah some more of a ground and pound TKO. Yeah. One of those, like I in the guard, lands a couple elbows, and then just like finishes the fight like late in the fifth. But I don't think anybody saw pop, that coming. Pop crucifix. Yeah. Oh, yes, did did a little Chevy, did a little Chevy finish. A little Chevy trucking. Um, <laughs> I have two things I just oh. thought of now. As we, you can play it out. We can yeah, yeah. just chat while we play out here. One, this is just for me to say to whoever happens to be listening. Uh, we should not give Jorge Masvidal credit for his post-fight speech. Um, Uriah Hall gets all the credit in the world for handling Hell yeah. Like that is the like the best answer he could have possibly given if you gave him a week in a script. Um, full credit to that man. But you talk a bunch of shit and then get smoked. Like you can't stand up and be like he's still a punk. <laughs> you just sort of have to. There's no other outcome but to take that L. So I'm not not willing to join the throngs of people saying what sportsmanship, raw. Uh, but on that note, what what the hell is with him interviewing the guys who got killed? Rogan like made a whole thing that he didn't want to do interviewing cuss fighters, and he rolls up the Wiley Zhang and is like, "Hey, I know you don't speak this language, and yeah, you're all three of them, all three. Yeah, I mean, it was a little better with Andrade because at least she didn't really get like TKO. Yeah, it was yeah, a mercy stoppage. But like, uh, like Wiley was uh, like unconscious, clearly still concussed, very upset about what was going on, and a, it's through a, a translator. Footprint like, still on her face. Why are you mad? <laughs> why are you mad? Can you please just admit that you were out? Like, what the hell are we doing? Here? Oh, I didn't want to complain. I didn't want to complain about Rogan tonight. His his in cage interviews are so bad. Uh, Jimmy, yeah, they he interviewed strong. Jimmy Crute couldn't even stand on his leg, and they made him stand and do a post fight <laughs> interview after the loss to Anthony. Yeah, shouts to Jimmy Crute though, because that interview Hell was yeah. dope. It's just like, yeah, I was gonna pull guard because I can't stand up. Awesome, buddy, you're the man, dude. He he won he won the rest of that round once he lost his foot. <laughs> like he, he won did. the rest. of it, it reminded me of Chandler when Chandler he lost his foot and he wound up winning the rest of the round against Premise, but then the the ref stopped it because like, well, your foot's yeah. backwards. You don't need a foot to win fights. That's what I learned tonight. 
We'll have this yes. discussion later. I, I, I'm, I'm still kind of upset with that because I haven't found a rule that actually. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. Okay, I'm a, let, me, let me play the um, outro music one more time. <laughs> yes. Sorry. In the sort of, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Sorry. And and other shout outs I will give. Uh, big shout out to the Jacksonville crowd tonight because man, what a difference just hearing them and I mean they're on fire from the first fight. They oh the second by the second fight they were wooing already man come on yeah, listen I, you, you can't t- but just be positive all right I I can take <laughs> we could take I could take a couple of woos it was just it was just cool like Ari, Ariane Carnalis was just like I'm coming out to fight yeah Carnalis is coming out getting ready to fight and like everyone's cheering for her. she's like me for me. <laughs> Chris Weidman is screaming in agony, getting stretchered out of the arena, and the crowd's like, uh, fuck Jake Paul. Fuck Jake Paul. <laughs> oh, Listen, MMA fans, you're the best. Yes, it's 15,000 drunk people watching fights. Like, it ain't going to be perfect, but it was still kind of <laughs> cool 000, in, in spots. It's 15,000 drunk Jacksonville people watching fights. <laughs> Can't stress that one part enough. Dude, we got, there wasn't one single Duval. <laughs> oh man okay we gotta go <laughs> alright we gotta get out of here for Jed for Casey I'm Mike Heck Good night, everybody love you guys you're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday May 17th live from Paris France reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.